This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Packed show coming up. All about last night's game one in round two between the Winnipeg Jets and Montreal Canadiens. Habs coming off that big seven-game comeback win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Did not miss a beat. Jets starting slow, and it cost them. But as much as we'll get into the result of last night's game and the rest of the series, um, it's all, all the talk right now is about the hit from Mark Shifley on Jake Evans at the end of the game. Um, some good news on Jake Evans does sound like he's doing well. It was obviously the first concern of uh, everyone on the ice and watching the game last night. Um, a pretty scary situation, a very unfortunate one. And of course, because of that, Mark Shifley has a hearing with NHL player safety coming up today, we expect. Um, big spo- uh, shout out and thanks to our sponsors, Not Autocorp, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug Brewers, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend Country Club, Cool Bet Canada, Aikens Lake, and PolicyMe.com. We have a massive show, though. We're going to be uh, hitting this from every angle. Ken Weeb will join us coming up in about 15 minutes. And very fortuitous timing. Um, Jeremy Roenick is coming on the program today, um, just before 2 p.m. And I will say, uh, uh, you know, it's always great to talk to JR. He's got, uh, you know, very, a lot of energy, a lot of great knowledge from uh, an incredible career in the NHL. But I'm very interested to see his take on what we uh, saw last night in the game, but most importantly on the uh, the hit that everyone in the hockey world is talking about right now. Let's get Michael Remus in here as we get going. Shout out to everyone that is joining us live on YouTube and, uh, of course, on the podcast as well. If you are with us live on YouTube and you're new, welcome to the program. We're here every day at 1 p.m. live on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And do us a favor, hit that red subscribe button and join us on a daily basis. Remo, hard to imagine game one going much worse for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, with the exception of like an injury to Connor Hellebuck or something like that, losing Dylan DeMello in the first shift, having a bad start after nine days off, chasing the game, and losing game one was bad enough. But the aftermath of this game, all about the hit on Mark Shifley with an expected suspension, and that hit sort of looming over the series has um, completely changed what I thought we'd be talking about with about 90 seconds left in last night's game. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, we're talking about uh, all the head of the chat is, is going nuts. I, I've been like, <laughs> it's dr- going to be insane today. I, I gotta be honest. I've been like dreading this chat since, um, since that, <laughs> oh no, since I went on Twitter and, um, and saw the reaction online, we can talk about the game. Um, you know, he had talked about rest versus rust and it, it was pretty clear from the get go <laughs> that, um, that uh, the Jets... The Jets have a rust yeah. problem. I mean, Sorry. you know... Yeah, and, and look, all, Colorado... All, all year long. Yeah, and Colorado swept St. Louis, and they came in and just, like, put the hammer down on Vegas in Game 1. Now, Game 2, uh, you know, went, and, you know, that went to overtime, and that was a tough penalty for Vegas. But last night, it was pretty clear the Jets went out, and they just didn't have that same oomph that they had against Edmonton. Um, you know, Blake Wheeler said after the game plan was good, they didn't execute. And it was pretty obvious that Montreal was a team that still had their playoff intensity and the Jets have been sitting around. Now, there's no excuses. I mean, after seven minutes, you got to get ramped up and you got to figure it out. But they just didn't have that same defensive structure that they were so um, disciplined with against Edmonton. You saw like Shea Weber um, had a breakaway 
at one point. Like, has that, <laughs> that, has that was ever bizarre? A yeah. power play, a stretch pass to Shea Weber at the following blue line. It, that was not on uh, my list of expected things to see in game no. one. I'll say about those. So, and, and as you said, I mean, Stasny um, not playing front. I think that was a surprise. They had said maintenance. Oh. So, I mean, it's just like another thing with the Jets not disclosing injuries. So, yeah, in playoffs, I mean, yeah. you know, it was interesting the way that was sold as a veteran day the day before. And then they get on the ice and there's no Paul Stastny. It changes the second line, the third yeah. line, and the fourth line going. And that wasn't a great way to start the uh, start the series. Maurice has said he's day-to-day. They're hopeful that he'll be in the lineup tomorrow. And, uh, man, with what happened in the final minute of the game, the importance of Paul Stasty is ratcheted up big time in the fact that, you know, going into last night's game, we expected Mark Shifley to be centering the number one line and Stasty to be centering the number two line. The potential is Jets could be without their two top centers as we expected the series to start for game number three. Um, and a one nothing deficit. You know, we'll get into this with Ken as well as JR a little bit later on with the, uh, you know, the aftermath of this, what it does to the series, what it does to both teams. Um, but there's not a lot of good to take out of it, though, from a Winnipeg Jets standpoint. I mean, listen, Shifley's going to be out. We'll find out, you know, what that suspension is. Um, I'll just tell you for the record, I'm expecting two games. I'd be surprised if it's more than two games, but because of the fact that, you know, Jake Evans was taken off on a stretcher. There was injury. Um, it was charging by the the, the broad definition of uh, of charging from the rule book that he'll be he will be suspended, and I don't think it'll be one. Although the one thing, Reem, and I guess this sort of this in some ways is the the era that we're living in. The takes on this mm-hmm. have been. I mean, you could not have a wider range of takes. I mean, there are people that I think are overreacting, but are saying Shifley should be done for the playoffs. I mean, you know, a massive suspension. And then there's others that are saying, hey, this is the playoffs. This is big boy hockey. Uh, Keep your head up, Jake Evans. Um, You know, which, and I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, Listen, I think it was a terrible decision by Mark Shifley, one that's going to hurt his team. And, you know, it'll have some, you know, some probably long-term effects with him. Um, you know, whether it comes to this series as well as, you know, in, in the future playing against the Montreal Canadiens and all that. But I don't think for a second, you know, for the people that said Mark Shifley skated 180 feet with the sole intention of injuring Jake Evans. Uh, listen, I'm not there. I think that's a stretch. I mean, Shifley does have going for him a pretty clean reputation. Um, he is, uh, you know, he's not a dirty player. He's never done anything even remotely close to that. And, you know, I think the frustration of a tough game, um, the fact that that play was icing victory for the Montreal Canadiens, you know, caused him to make a a, a very foolish and dangerous decision on a hit that ended up hurting an opponent. And that is why a suspension will happen. But I I have to say, um, like, I don't think the hit itself was a dirty hit as far as the contact. The, the initial point to contact wasn't the head. There was so much momentum with the, you know, going into the hit that you know, it was incredibly violent, and Maurice talked about that afterwards. Um, but I think you know, charging is the call. It wasn't elbowing. Um, it wasn't a headshot. Um, but it was a little bit late, and it was dangerous. And unfortunately for the Jets and for Mark Shifley, that's going to cost them going forward. I will say this. Um, you know, as hard as that hit was, 
If Jake Evans doesn't land the way he did and gets up and gives Shifley a shot and there's a big scrum, we're not talking about a suspension. I mean, we have seen hits like that. I mean, unfortunately, it's the result of it. And, you know, when it comes to NHL player safety, you can, I was just sent, uh, you know, uh, you know, the Petrie hit on Galchenyuk in game seven. Um, you know, if Galchenyuk never gets up, Maybe they're talking about it. Maybe they're looking at it, but it didn't happen. And, um, you know, this was, uh, you know, it was a very, as Marie said yesterday, a very unusual play, you know, where it was in the game, the empty net, the desperation to get back and just not being able to get there in time and making a split second decision um, that ended up being a very dangerous one and ended up, uh, you know, uh, you know, being costing, you know, Jake Evans potentially time in the series. Um, and certainly a really scary situation. So, I mean, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. Was it clean? No. Was there an intent to injure? I don't think so. I understand why Habs fans are losing their minds right now. I'm sure Jet fans would be doing the same thing on the other side. But I think now with the day afterwards to look at it, considering the reputation of Mark Scheifele, I really think that the truth is somewhere in the middle from all of these hot takes on both sides that we're seeing uh, all around the hockey world right now. Yeah, I, and I think that's fair. And I think you look at the hit, Shafley skating hard to back check. Um, you know, he has to make a quick decision. Is he going to try to stick check or what's he going to try to do? He, I think he thought he could get there in time, you know, to make the hit before the puck was in the net. He thought wrong. Um, you know, the result is horrible and you don't want to see that. And, and we can talk about Nikolai Ehlers, that what he did after. But again, we know Shifley doesn't have the history of doing it. I mean, I, can anyone... In chat, name uh, head that Shifley has ever laid before like that in any fashion. Um, you know, he's obviously very hot, you know, with the end of the game, getting into things with Sherratt. And again, he, th- he made a decision. He thought, you know, he could get there. He did not. And, you know, Jake Evans was, was seriously injured. And I agree. I mean, I see some of the hot takes from the Montreal media saying he should never play, you know, the rest of the series. And then you see some people say it was clean. I mean, it's clearly charging. It's clearly going to be a suspension. You know, one to three games, you know, seems to be what uh, player safety, you know, has done in the past. So we will wait and see. Maybe it'll come out even during the show and the hot takes can come uh, flying in the chat. Appreciate everyone for uh, keeping it reasonably civil in there. Yeah, yeah. Listen, there's a lot of emotion when it comes to the playoffs. And, you know, I know the Habs fans love their team, love Jake Evans and hated to see what happened last night. And I know Jet fans did, too. I mean, you know, as much as even if people are saying, well, you know, it was an unfortunate result. I don't really think it was dirty. It was scary. And uh, listen, that, that is something that they're trying to get out of the game. And it's a big change. I mean, a few years ago, that, like, we're not even having a conversation about this. This is, you know, this is finishing checks. This is playoff hockey. This is playing hard till the whistle of game number one. And, uh, you know, that's the way things happen in the playoffs. It's not like that anymore. And that's why Mark Shifley's getting a call from NHL player safety. He will likely get the first um, suspension of his career. And the timing of it could not be worse. I mean, with the team down one nothing, back at home, trying to get it together in game number two and play a much better 60 minutes than they did against Montreal or risk falling down 2 nothing in this series. And doing that without their top centerman is you know certainly it puts the Jets in a big big hole going forward so we'll get to all of this coming up with Ken Weeb Remo I am interested in your perspective on you know what this does to the series going forward in that you know this will be a cloud now it things didn't get stupid uh in the final minute after the play and I think that was more because of how concerned everyone was about Jake Evans and how scary the situation was I'm very interested to see how this carries over into game two 
but more likely into whatever game is the game that Mark Shifley returns in. Um, and who knows what the series will be at that time. I mean, as we said, the Jets are really going to be up against it with potentially Shifley, DeMello, maybe Stastny, all not in the lineup for game two. Yeah, they're in a real tough spot, uh, especially with, you know, Stasny maybe out to Mello. I wonder who comes in. Is it going to be Vili Hainala or is it going to be Jordy Ben, who they acquired? And a side note on Vili Hainala, he ne- if he plays two games, his ELC kicks in and they lose a year of team control. So you do wonder if they will, you know, factor that into their decision. And I know Ken and uh, Sean Reynolds on Kenny and Rennie last night were having that decision, or sorry, that conversation about Hainala. Um you know, Blake Wheeler, I said before, their game plan was he liked their game plan. They didn't execute. Maybe they go for a more disciplined defensive game plan if they don't have Shifley. And they're like, okay, you know, we're missing our top guy. You know, maybe now we'll smarten up and, and tighten up and not allow these odd man rushes or have D pinching without guys covering for them. So, look, they know they played a rough game. It's a seven-game series. Uh, we'll, and I think we said yesterday, you know, we'll see how the – Montreal gets affected long term because of you know how many games they played and because of the Jets rest. So I know a lot of people are comparing this series to the Jets versus Vegas in the 2018 West Final, where the Jets you know had that emotional series versus Nashville, seven games, and Vegas was kind of they were waiting around. Well, the Jets won game one in that series, and we thought, oh, the Jets are going to the final, and but then as it went on, uh, you know they did not win. So um, it's not over in one game. Was it? it? Was as you said, it was probably the worst. Results you could have had, aside from maybe like Hellbuck also getting injured. But, um, you know, we know they're a good team. And I, and I think what we've learned is you don't want to go too much by uh, one game here. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, listen, it was uh, not the way the Jets wanted to start this series. And credit where credit is due. I mean, Montreal played very well. Carey Price made the saves that he needed to uh, needed to make. And, um, you know, the Habs did a better job of taking advantage of the opportunities that were presented, them, uh, presented to them by the Winnipeg Jets, especially in that first period. Um, so going forward, I mean, the Jets now have a, uh, a a huge challenge. I mean, to get back into the series, back on even terms with the win in game number two, and potentially to do that, you know, without Shifley and Stastny. And the other guy, Ramon, we'll talk about this with Ken, um, it doesn't sound good for Dylan DeMello. I mean, the coach has not ruled him out, but they said they're still doing, uh, you know, more investigation into the injury. So the fact that this is a day afterwards and they're still looking into it does not give me a lot of confidence that DeMello will be in the lineup for game number two. And we saw early, and listen, you know, obviously with five defensemen not being able to put someone else in his spot, um, you know, change things. But even with Jordy Ben coming into the lineup, I would expect, I guess there's the potential that maybe Maurice uh, tries Vili Hainala there. Uh, but I think the smart money's on uh, Jordy Ben, considering the way he ran it. Um, the loss of DeMello is huge because you know, Morrissey was playing his best hockey of the year alongside DeMello. That was a, a, a pairing that Paul Maurice trusted and could really lean on playing those top minutes. And um, if DeMello's not out, Reem, we're going to be talking about um, a, some serious stress on the Jet Blue line, regardless of what happens with Shifley and the guys up front. Yeah, we know there were a lot of questions about the Jets Blue line. They really... You know, came together and played team defense against Edmonton, but without DeMello, who played such a big role, I think that's huge. I mean, it's a bit of a drop-off if they go Ben or Hanel. We know Maurice likes veteran guys, and I do think you have to take that, you know, burning the ELC into consideration. So, you know, if Hanel is going to play, like, top minutes, then maybe you, you, you know, say, okay, fine, we'll throw him in, but uh, I would put my money knowing the way that, you know, Maurice goes, likes his veterans, 
that they'll go with um, with Jordy Ben. So and we'll have, so Demello, you know, they wouldn't really say. Uh, Stasny seems like a game time decision, and I guess you know if Stasny's in, you would go Dubois, you know, number one, number one line, and then Stasny number two and Lowry number three. I think that would probably make the most sense. Yeah, well, I will hit all of this with Ken Weeb in just a minute. Before we do that, want to uh, acknowledge a couple of our sponsors, including our newest sponsor, Policy Me and policyme.com. Um, listen, you might be asking, you know, why don't you have life insurance? Well, <clears throat> probably the number one reason is procrastination. I realize it's one of those boring life tasks that's so easy to put off, and I get why. No one wants to deal with pushy salespeople and mountains of paperwork. But life insurance is too important to put off. I mean, if you have a family, if you have a home, these are things you have to have covered. And that's why Policy Me got started. Canadian company who makes buying life insurance quick and easy. And in fact, you could probably go to Policy right now and get a personalized life insurance plan in much less time than it takes to listen to this podcast. Um, You'll use the personalized life insurance calculator to figure it out if you need life insurance at all. And if you do, you get an instant quote across various term lengths and coverage amounts. And it's all done online, easy, no paperwork, no hassle. And Policy Me provides affordable rates, roughly 10 to 20 for self, lower than most insurers in Canada, an instant decision, and an easy, straightforward process without any of those awkward meetings. So go to policyme.com, check out the quote finder, and when they ask how you found out about Policy Me, make sure you click in podcast. That's policyme.com. Also want to give a shout out to uh, Nick and Nikki DQ, DQ Northgate, Niverville, Polo Park, and St. Anne's. And needless to say, folks, with this uh, heat wave we've got going, it is definitely blizzard weather. Uh, I'm hooked on the drumstick blizzard right now, but DQ Nick has made the announcement that the Kit Kat blizzard is back as well. Um, So cool down with some great DQ. And if you're uh, maybe gathering with family or, uh, you know, your people in your household, why not? get a DQ cake as well. No one does more than DQ Northgate and you can order them online or connect with them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba and a big shout out to our friends at Breezy Bend Country Club, scorching temperatures out on the course, but I'm still people getting out for rounds. Make sure you stay hydrated out there and we will do a little update later on for Breezy Bend on the leaderboard at the Memorial, which I believe is in a rain delay right now, but Colin Morikawa Six under with a one-shot lead on Xander Shoffley. All right, let's get back to it and welcome in Ken Weeb of Sportsnet, Weeb's world himself, Kenny and Rennie, after a busy late shift with lots to talk about coming out of game one of this series. Weaver, how are you doing, my friend? It's great to see you. Uh, Just getting the old promotional tweet out there uh, to uh, send the masses over that aren't already here. Attaboy, attaboy. Well, you can imagine there's lots of people here today. Uh, (laughs) They all want to talk about the same thing. You don't Uh, say. You know, uh, there's so much to get to from last night's game, but, you know, it's really hard to start any conversation without talking about the hit because the ramifications of this hit are going to be felt in game two probably in game three, maybe for the rest of the series, and who knows what beyond this. Um, your take on what we saw last night with Shifley and Jake Evans in the final minute of the game. Yeah, Huss, it's just one of those things that you just don't expect to see. Uh, obviously, Mark Shifley is a competitive person, competitive player, um, not known for doling out big hits. Uh, we know he traveled almost the entire length of the ice to deliver that hit. And it's a hard and heavy hit, as Paul Maurice was describing again today. I mean, 
John Reynolds and I had gone down to tape our post-game TV hit, and we were in that end. This hit happened right in front of us. And it's one of those things where even though it's happening at full speed, you can see it in, in slow motion happening. You see that there's going to be an unbelievable collision just based on Evans coming around the net and trying to wrap that puck in. He has to go for the goal there. Yes, you expect to be hit, but just the sheer force of that hit itself and what it looked like with Evans. I mean, some people think he was knocked out before he even hit the ice, which was also a massive blow as well. Yeah, I mean, it was just surprising. Um, from I mean, know oh, the the viewpoints are varying. I, I I think that it is a suspendable hit. I understand uh, the crowd that thinks that's a clean hit, and that used to be a clean hit. Um, but to me, Hus, the biggest thing for me is this: the fact that Shifley lets up. Some people say that means it's not charging. To me, it's the opposite. The fact that Shifley lets up where he does in between the top of the circle and the hash marks, to me, is a admission that he will not prevent the goal from happening and although I do understand this is an emotional game and things happen very quickly in real time at that point his decision is that he is going to finish his check so for me we know that Mark Shifley is not a dirty player he's probably one of the cleanest players in the National Hockey League but in an emotional time he made a decision to finish the hit instead of going for the puck and I think as you mentioned it will have serious ramifications on the series. Ken, um, would we be having this conversation if Jack, if uh, Evans just got up and whacked Shifley and there was a big scrum? I mean, is this about the injury more than the actual offense? I mean, to me, uh, if he gets up, obviously that would help Mark Shifley's cause uh, in terms of what the potential repercussions would be, yes. But uh, I think that if Jake Evans gets up, it could have been an even more scary scene. And that's, uh, that's saying something when you have a guy taken out on a stretcher. Uh, that's something you don't see very often. It leaves most people, as Josh Morrissey just mentioned on the Zoom calls, it leaves players with an incredible pit in their stomach. Um, I know the hypotheticals are are, are, are various here, Huss, but I mean, I th- still, I know the Jets are saying they think that it's body contact first, but I mean, man, it sure looked like players don't get knocked out by hits to the chest i mean could he have got a piece of the chest before the chin it's a shoulder check it's not an elbow it's not a dirty hit per se but it's a hit that i don't think is allowed in the game anymore and that's why i expect even though mark shifley has a squeaky clean record i do think there will be at least a one one to two game suspension for listen there will be absolutely but i'm just saying if he wasn't hurt like it like is this more about the the injury because I mean, I mean, you know, it wasn't like it it wasn't um <clears throat> I mean, in my opinion, and again, there's lots of differing opinions on this, this wasn't a clear intent to injure. I mean, the I- irony of this is that Shifley's gotten so much flack for back checking in the past and right. had one of the hardest back checks, 180 feet to go back. And listen, there's frustration, there was resignation in it, and it was a terrible de- and it was a, a bad decision because of the dangerous nature of the hit and what happened. But I guess if he hits him the same way, but he's not hurt, like he just you know doesn't land that way, gets up and whacks him and going on, like I I don't think we're talking about George Peros placing a phone call. And um, listen, this is somewhat the way the National Hockey League does business. Um, you know, when players get injured, it's looked at much more closely. Um, so again, I, mean, I, I don't, totally I don't fair, I, yeah. Just one quick one there. If if the hit, I mean, the other part of that hypothetical is if the hit is more on the body, then you're right. Then we're not talking about this. But then we're also not talking about a player being taken out on the stretcher. 
For me, the biggest thing, we know this is a race to the far post, and Shifley comes an incredible distance. I mean, it literally is almost the full 200 feet. But at the time he realizes that he's not going to win the race to the post, I think that's when the decision is made in real time that he is going to finish the check. And in that situation, I do understand he did let up. And maybe part of that letting up is that if he misses the poke check and goes headfirst into the boards, it has serious ramifications for Mark Shifley. But I don't think there is anyone that can go out and say Mark Shifley was not attempting to lay a significant hit on his opponent. You expect that to be, a, that's part of the game in the playoffs, but you need to catch, he needed to catch more of the body in order for that to have that result or outcome that you mentioned in the hypothetical. Um, so I think we're going to see a two-game suspension. Where are you? Yeah, I think we're on the same page there. I mean, is it possible that it's only a one-game suspension because of the way playoff suspensions are weighted a little bit more heavily? It's almost like a one game counts as two in the playoffs. We know he's not a repeat offender. I mean, he's not a, really an offender of any kind. I mean, as we mentioned, he's a he's a he's a he's an honest player. I mean, I I, I can't remember the last you you mentioned the ferocity of the back check. I don't remember a play of any similar nature. I mean, the thing that. Elliot Friedman mentioned, there's no precedent for this. I mean, there's been plenty of charging, I mean, not plenty, but you know, a handful of charging suspensions. None of them came on a play that was similar to this one. So that's where you, that's where the unknown comes in, uh, in terms of the length and the severity. What we do know is if Mark Scheifele is not in the lineup, it is a critical blow for the Jets. I do expect we are going to see Paul Stastny in game two. Obviously, you know, no mechanism for injury, as Paul Maurice mentioned. Uh, that means it's something related to probably being, you know, 35 years old and having a lot of miles. But Paul Stastny is a durable guy. I expect that he'll come back into the lineup, making making a significant contribution. But the bigger thing you were just talking about, Dylan DeMello, this looks more like more of a long-term injury. We're not doctors, but I mean, Kevin Bieksa knows a lot about high ankle sprains because he had one of his own. Uh, just the way that his right leg got tangled up. If that's a high ankle sprain, we're talking about significant time missed. Uh, we know that information will not be released by the Jets in terms of competitive advantage. But, man, if he's gone, that is a massive critical blow on the back end. And obviously you saw Paul Maurice was not uh, uh, revealing <laughs> who might be going in. But uh, I would say that based on what we expect in terms of intensity and given DeMello's role on the penalty kill, I would think that Jordy Ben is the first person in on the back end but having said that I don't think I would rule out by any stretch of the imagination that we could see Billy Hanala because of that puck moving element that DeMello also brings I think you could see him at some point in this series still but I do expect it will be Jordy Ben first out of the out of the bullpen if you will Hey, uh, welcome everyone here. I knew we'd have a massive show today. Welcome everyone. Even the Habs fans, uh, do us a favor, hit the thumbs up. We could use the likes. And uh, if you're new, we're doing this every day at one, hit the subscribe button and uh, we'll have some fun. And in the chat, I know everyone's got hot takes. Just try and keep it respectful going back and forth. We don't want um, we don't want Remus having to make it like the uh, the greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi and throw 50 people out of the chat over the top rope. Um <laughs> Ken, just quickly on Hanela, and I know you guys touched on this a little bit last night on the program um, post-game. Uh, how much of a concern is this contract as far as, you know, getting the games in that rolls the year of the ELC? Yeah, I mean, it is the playoffs. I, I just don't know the answer to that question, and I think it would be in a situation. In a normal situation, yes, I do think that there was, you know, there obviously it's a consideration. But when you get to this stage of the proceedings, like the Jets are, and the team is four games away from a conference final, 
I think that you have to, you know, this is a this is a in case of emergency break glass situation potentially. And if the Jets believe that Hainala can provide top four minutes in this series and be effective, he will be in the lineup. Uh, I think that's what it basically will come down to. I mean, obviously they have to put the uh, you know your short-term benefits of the team ahead of the potential long-term benefits of having that extra year. I mean, we've seen it. We both watch MLB a lot. Obviously, service time is an important factor for a team in a small market. But when a team gets this close to reaching the final four and they're in a win-now mode, I don't think that it would be a detriment. It's a consideration, but I don't think it is the ultimate detriment in terms of whether or not he's in the lineup. I think that Paul Maurice said it quite we know he prefers veterans in a lot of situations. He's gone to younger players before. If he believes that the Jets have a better chance of winning with Billy Hanel in the lineup, he will put Billy Hanel into the lineup. Um, let's assume it's Ben. How do you think the defense looks? Who's playing with Morrissey? Um, do they change the forward Pionk pairing? Do they roll half the game with Pionk and Morrissey and try and make up the rest with the group of the other four? Um, how do you see that playing out, Ken? That's a great question. We know that Morrissey's played, you know, significant minutes with Pionk down the stretch, and he's done a great job with that pairing. Uh, we know that it's all about what that leaves the rest for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I think right now, I don't know if they'll start that way, but I think we will see a significant amount of ice time for Pionk and Morrissey together, and it won't mean just chasing the game. I think you'll see Jordy Ben with Logan Stanley. Uh, he's a comfortable guy on the right side. I think you'd want a veteran presence there. And then you have Poolman to play with Forbert, who is already his penalty-killing partner at times. So I see that as the way that they'll probably end up. I don't know if they'll start that way, Hus, but I think that's that's what we will be seeing here in the next little bit. But, I mean, we also know that Poolman and, and Stanley had some good moments together as well. So you could see Forbert and Ben together and, and maybe even see Ben with Morrissey, right? You see Ben played very well with Quinn Hughes, so... You could see those guys playing together as well. I'm not doing a great job of answering your question, but I do think we will see a lot of of Neil Pionk and Josh Morrissey together. I think that the because there's not as much of a hard match mentality, I think the Jets need the puck moving of those two when they're playing with their top line specifically. That's the other part that is wild about the game. The Jets' top line had tons of offensive zone time and created more scoring chances than anybody else in the game. Uh, despite the frustration shown later on in the game by Mark Shifley. That line was dominant at times. And I even said it last night. It was very reminiscent. The, the Suzuki goal is so reminiscent of some of those earlier Oilers games where that li- that top line is in the offensive zone, creating, 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 creating. Edmondson passes the puck, you know, with a with a with an angle off the boards to spring the two on one. It's in the back of the net, and all of a sudden the Jets are throwing their hands up in the air and th- saying, "Are you kidding me? Like this game should be tied." Instead, now it's a two goal deficit again. So, the Jets need more from their other other players. I mean, their top line did enough to produce. Yes, we know Derek Forbert scored. That's an unlikely hero goal. Great job by Pro along the boards and a nice pass from Dubois. But that line was not good enough yesterday, Huss. I mean, that line with Dubois, Ehlers, and Kopp was not generating enough offense in that hockey game. There was not a lot of um, unison or sync with that group. Uh, And I also think that the pass that Nikolai Ehlers makes on the one-timer to Kyle Connor, it may seem like something very small to some, but to me, for a guy like Ehlers, I think that's a big big factor as you go into game two Ehlers knows he has to be the x factor in this series he has the potential to carry a team offensively and I expect that that play which is just an incredible skill 
the way that he goes cross ice to Kyle Connor, looks off the defenseman, finds a seam, and just makes a crispy pass on the tape. That's something that a player can really build on. And if Stastny is back, I expect him to be with Andrew Kopp and Nikolai Ehlers. And as Remus mentioned, I think that would mean Dubois moves. We know that Dubois has played a lot with Kyle Connor. We know he has some chemistry with Blake Wheeler. Uh, I think that heaping a little bit more responsible. I know the Jets have, have been very cautious and careful about not heaping too much pressure on Pierre-Luc Dubois. But I think in this situation, it would be something that he would relish that opportunity to be put in a top line role and to know that his team is relying on him in a series against the team from his home province that he cheered for as a young youngster. Ken Weeb with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, Weber. You know, I wanted to give some time before any tweets or anything about what happened last night. Let the you know the temperature cool down a little bit. Um, you know, with some time to reflect on it. And the more I listen, we've kind of covered what happened. We expect that there will be a suspension, and that is one thing that will obviously affect the Winnipeg Jets in the short term for however long he's out of the series. But beyond that, what do you think the aftermath? What does this hit do to the temperature of the series? Does it galvanize the Montreal Canadiens? I mean, what what do you think the after effects outside of the suspension are on this series, considering the way game ended last night? Yeah, Huss, it's twofold. And having had such a good view of what ha- of the, of what happened, seeing the way that the Canadians reacted, Shea Web- the look in Shea Weber's eyes after that play as he tried to make his way towards Mark Shifley in that scrum, you know it has the potential to be a unifying force for the Montreal Canadiens. Similarly, though, Huss, on the other side of the equation, you, we've heard all, all year long about how tight this team is. The Jets are not going to abandon Mark Shifley in this situation either. So I also think it could pose a distraction emotionally for the Montreal Canadiens, whether that's when Shifley's back or even in the game, you always hear about, oh, well, I mean, there has to be retribution because of the code. Well, what does that what does that even mean? Like so what are the what are the Canadians gonna do? Are they gonna take a bunch of dumb penalties and put the Jets on the power play? They can't afford to do that. This series is a coin flip series with a razor thin margin. If the Canadians are seeking retribution for the next two or three games, they're not probably not gonna win those hockey games. Conversely, if the Jets the Jets will use this as their own rallying cry because everyone knows, oh, Shifley's out, DeMello's out, the Jets have no chance. They heard that song and dance last year after game one in the bubble. What'd they do? Connor Hellebuck stole game two. With the three, games three and four being played on consecutive days, not only the temperature will be on the rise, but the momentum can swing so quickly in this series. We knew that Connor Hellebuck would have to steal a game sooner or later. There's pressure on him to do so in game two, but how the Jets handle their emotions going into game two will be essential for this becoming potentially a long series or for them to be facing a big deficit. Andrew Kopp showing plenty of emotion on his Zoom call saying this is a big effing game for us. I mean, Andrew Kopp is is, is a very articulate individual, but you know when he's dropping F-bombs in a Zoom call, <laughs> the intensity is on the rise, right? I mean, I think it's going to be a fantastic game too. And I hope that uh, we know the intensity will be high. Let, let's just hope that it's all within the confines of the rules and that uh, this doesn't spiral out of control and take away from what should be an excellent series between two really good hockey clubs. Speaking of spiraling out of control, uh, we've got more than 800 people in the chat, and I see that the CTO has uh, had to enact the slow <laughs> mode on the chat for the first time. So uh, I didn't know that that existed. But uh, anyways, just keep it clean, everybody. We appreciate everybody joining us here. Um 
is Shifley going to have to fight? Is this the? Uh, is he going to have to drop the gloves to answer for this in the yeah. first shift of whenever he returns? And uh, who like who does he have to take on? Does he have to take on Weber, or uh, will it be a middleweight? I mean, uh, how's that? Like with the future for Mark Shifley when he gets back on the ice? I'm very interested in because, as we all know, that's not really part of his game at all. Yeah, no, I mean, you saw the scrum and the frustration there. I, I don't have a good answer, Huss. I mean, we we don't expect Jake Evans will be answering the call for him. We know that Wheeler fought Matthew Kachuk immediately after Mark Shifley was lost on his third shift in the bubble last August. Um, he, you know, I, I don't think for one second he has to fight Shea Weber. I, you know, does he have to fight at all? He probably will, but against whom? I mean, the the Canadians don't want to. You know, what are they going to do? Send Philip Deneau after him? I mean. I, I just, I mean, you shouldn't be having to fight a heavyweight, but uh, there's probably going to have to be some, you know, unfortunately, probably there's going to be some retribution. Um, I, I just don't know what it looks like, Huss. I mean, I don't know how what it looks like, and I don't know what impact it's going to have on the series because Mark Schleifer, his his most valuable tool is as an offensive player, and his two-way game needs to be excellent in this series for the Jets to advance. I mean, if you're Montreal, what what if one of your better players breaks his hand on Mark Shifley's helmet? I mean, there are serious, serious ramifications coming no matter how this looks. And, you know, quite honestly, I, I hope that the next game is played. Like I said, you just hope that nothing else scary happens. You, you hate to see a player leave on a stretcher. That's something, it, it's just not a good scene. And it's not good on the game. Um and what was otherwise a you know, pretty good hockey game. The Jets didn't have good puck protection. Their defensive zone coverage was loose. Uh, they did not look as crisp as they did in the opening round, but it's only one game. So uh, I think that uh, we're still going to be in for a long series. But, man, sorry, I, I, I don't have a great answer for your question, Huss. I just hope that both teams can do it. Here's the one thing we, we talk about. The, great, the greatest example of what happened yesterday. We always talk about how players have to take care of one another and respect the game. The picture of Nikolai Ehlers trying to remain calm in what was an out-of-control situation, that is the important thing to consider here. If we're trying to make the game and take the game to a better place, having someone like Ehlers say, we understand you're mad, but the worst thing that can happen right now is for a scrum to happen and someone to fall on Jake Evans when he's already knocked out, that is what you hope takes over in this series. Hard checking, sure. You want to get a couple fights and throw down? great. Don't do something dirty that can have someone else leaving a stretcher because that brings the game to a worse place than it already is. Hey, um, do you expect word on the suspension today? It's a great question. I would think that the uh, the meeting is probably happening this afternoon. Just I mean, we saw that Mark Shifley was on the ice with the optional skate today, so we know that he will be on the call, so I expect the call is probably happening right now. I do think the NHL would like to rule today so that it doesn't become a story that lingers into the morning i think they probably owe it to both teams to know if the player is going to be available we know that the nhl has had a lot of time to look at the hit uh, under numerous situations this will be an opportunity for mark shifley to give his side of the story for him to explain what was going through his mind and for him to i mean we understand there's always a pr element in these things but i mean i think too honesty has got to be the best policy here if Mark Shifley can create reasonable doubt, in ter- again, this is not a law case by any stretch, but he needs to give a good reason for why that play happens. And if he's able to do so, uh, while being honest, then that will be taken under consideration. We know there's remorse, Huss. I mean, we didn't see it as much in real time just because of the angle, 
during the Sportsnet broadcast and the intermission of the game with Vegas and Colorado. The look of Mark Shifley looking over his shoulder on his way down the tunnel, that was obviously, it's twofold for me. That's remorse, and it's also a holy smokes, what did I do kind of, you know, under you know just realization that comes flowing through your body i mean everyone's been in that situation where the emotions run high and then you realize you did something that you probably shouldn't have done i think and now there will be consequences in all likelihood and i mean again mark shifley is not a dirty player this is not going to be you know mark shifley's not looking to knock someone out of the series as josh morrissey put it today he he feels bad about what happened but sometimes good people do bad things. And when that happens, there are probably going to be consequences. Yeah, well, there certainly will be. And we expect to hear them potentially today from NHL player safety. Um, Ken, all that being said, um, you know, this team moves in and will probably have to do it without Mark Shifley for game number two, at least, and potentially more. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about the way things will look uh, with Pierre-Luc Dubois and hopefully Paul Stastny back in. Um, but I am wondering about the nature of the of game two. I mean, the way the Jets respond right out of the gate. Certainly, they better have a better start than they did in game one. And and I Maurice basically telegraphed that, saying that the second ten minutes would probably be better than the first ten minutes. Um, but <clears throat> what do you expect that we'll see from the Jets in the first period of game two? And what will that tell us about the way that they're able to handle the adversity that's already come their way in this series? Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see Adam Lowry's line start the game. We know that they generally are the tone-setting group for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, let's not uh, dismiss the you know significance. That, this was you know encapsulated what was going on with the Jets. One of their most important players took a puck in the ear on a you know just on the bench, right? I mean, in an on a night where Demello was lost 29 seconds in, Matthew Perot misses a shift or two after blocking a Shea Weber slapper on the inside of the knee. Adam Lowry minding his own business on the bench during a power play. Neil Pionk's cross-ice pass is redirected and he gets it in the ear. I don't know if he had you know, stitches or not, but knocked him out of the game for a stretch in that period. And that, that hurt the Jets. So I expect that that line will be uh, setting the tone for the Winnipeg Jets right out of the gate. But, I mean, the top line, however it looks, they need to be, they need to be driving the offense like they were in the first game. I think the other critical piece, Kyle Connor scoring on that one-timer, we know how frustrated he was. He had a couple of glorious grade-A chances where he was absolutely robbed by Carey Price. The fact he scores late in that game is a big boost for him. But the Jets will, they need to be better with the puck. They need to be more, pa- we t- all we talked about was patience going into the series. The Jets just didn't exude enough patience and they didn't get to their pace quickly enough. And that's why they fell behind early. And that's why they were basically chasing the game the entire night. So they know what the adjustments are. It's not It's not like the Jets need a complete overhaul. Their plan was sound. Their game plan was sound. They just did not execute nearly well enough. And I expect their execution to be much higher. And how, so we talked about the rest element going into the series. It's not a surprise. Let's look back at 2018. How great did the Jets look in the first period against Vegas with no rest coming off that game seven win? Dustin Bufflin, drop pass from Shifley, blows the roof off, like less than two minutes into the hockey game. Vegas looked out of sorts. But for the rest of the series, when it got busy, that's when the Jets' gas tank looked low. And that's what we expect now. With three games in the next four days coming up starting tomorrow, that's when the Jets may be able to take advantage of the rest element, knowing how taxing this last stretch has been for Montreal as they've won four in a row. Um, Ken... 
you know, it was interesting to hear uh, the Habs afterwards. We heard Brendan Gallagher, uh, Edmondson. I mean, they were hot, as you would expect when you see your teammate laid out the way that that happened. Um, you know, the Jets, for their part, um, for the most part, to a man, went up, expressed concern about, you know, about the player um, and didn't really comment on the hit. Um, I know you were on the Zoom calls earlier today uh, with the clubs. What did you hear today? Were things any different from maybe what we heard last night after the game? And um, maybe specifically, what, what did Coach Paul Maurice have to say about the plight of his club in addition to what's to come for Mark Shifley? Yeah, I mean, you, you saw the whole realm of emotions there for sure. I mean, Maurice doubled down saying it's a, you know, it's a heavy check, but he, he fully believes it's a clean hit. He dismissed the, you know, the theory by the media that mark was frustrated in the game he felt that his mental state was right on he was very involved offensively as we talked about uh he said he doesn't need oprah or dr phil to come in and talk with mark he expects him to be in a good mental state moving forward uh in terms of the hit itself i think there was again expressed concern from both both you know josh morrissey neil pionk and andrew Kopp. but they also talked about the element of you know the player leaving himself in a vulnerable position and I mean, that's the other part. I mean, de- depends on what side of the debate you're on. If you're a Canadiens fan, you think it's a 10-game suspension. If, you, if you're a Jets fan, you think it's zero, and the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? I mean, the, the other thing that I think the Jets fans need to remember in this situation, us, and, and you probably even maybe have already talked about this, if Jake Evans is the player delivering that exact hit on Mark Shifley, I don't think Jets fans are feeling the exact same way that they are today, and that. And that's not, this is not a character assassination. Mark Shifley is a good, honest, clean player. But if he's taken out on a stretcher by Jake Evans when he has his head down on that play, people are calling for a lifetime ban. So I just think it's important to to keep the perspective here. Um, Again, I I don't think that it was a dirty, you know, I don't think he tried to knock him out, but he did try to level him. And I think that that means that, I mean, we talked about it already a lot. There's going to be a suspension coming, and it's it's odd, right? We talked about how the way that Shifley responded to the benching could define his season. This is another opportunity for a defining moment from Mark Shifley. No matter how long he's out or when he comes back, how he responds to this situation, both on the ice in terms of his offensive production and however way he may have to protect himself, could have a massive impact on how deep the Jets are able to go here, Huss. Well, absolutely, and never mind. I mean, with him out, how the Jets perform in his absence to even give them a chance of being in the series when he gets back after, you know, if he is suspended multiple games is another big story as well. Kenny, always great having you on the show. Um, what do you and uh, what do you and Rennie have cooking up? Uh, doing anything uh, special leading into game uh, game number two? Yeah, you bet, Huss. Thanks for asking and for the opportunity to say, I mean, we're having another, it's not a pop-up show. We're having to move the Friday morning show to uh, 3 o'clock today here. We've got Ke- Kelly Rudy uh, coming in from Hockey Night in Canada. We'll also talk with uh, our buddy uh, Mike Zeisberger from NHL.com. Uh, 3 o'clock after your show is over, uh, you know, keep keep the uh, keep the lines open, folks. Uh, join us for some more uh, hockey talk, and um, then we'll be back tomorrow for the pre- and uh, post-game shows. Remus always looking out for Kenny and Rennie. The link to their channel is in the description, so you can click that after you make sure that you subscribed, liked here, pop over, hit up with the boys at 3 p.m. for a little early edition of the weekly Kenny and Rennie show. Weber, thanks for doing this, buddy. We'll uh, talk to you soon. My pleasure, Huss. Have a great rest of the show and enjoy the rest of the series here, my man.
and Weeb at Weeb's World. If you're not following him already, what are you waiting for? And uh, Kenny's got a big piece up at sportsnet.ca on last night's game. All right, we're going to continue the playoff chat, discuss the incident from last night, the hit coming up. Jeremy Roenick making his debut appearance on Winnipeg Sports Talk in a couple minutes. Before that, I want to thank Not Autocorp for their continued support of Winnipeg Sports Talk and Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. On with us from day one. Why not get into the vehicle of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Nobody does it better than Not Autocorp with all makes and models, including the most Teslas on the lot anywhere in Manitoba, and they've been a Tesla leader for over five years. A full-service body shop, Red Seal technicians, detailing. It really is uh, you know, a spot to take care of all your automotive needs, and if you're thinking about moving into a new vehicle but you're already in a lease or have a car, talk to them about their very successful consignment program to get you max value for your current wheels and get into the new car that you want to drive. Not Autocorp, Waverly and McGilvery, or online at not.ca. Um, with things heating up in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba, it's a great time to get outside. And at the same time, grab your whiteout gear over at Royal Sports, 650 Rally and EK, 750 Pemina Highway, jerseys, t-shirts, hats. They've got it all there. Um, probably even some Habs stuff too for you Habs fans in the city, uh, maybe making a trip over from St. B. Um, Royal Sports have been with us for a long, long time. We really appreciate their support. And while you're grabbing your whiteout gear, check out the disc golf, the camping equipment, the bike selection, a newly expanded fitness gear, uh, fitness department. They've got it all at Royal Sports, 650 Rally and EK and 750 Pemina Highway. And I got to give a shout out to Mikey who tweeted us last night. I was talking about the Boston Pizza Game Day meal. Well, he got on it, as he put it, an elite decision. Um, he had the spicy pierogi pizza, the meteor pizza, and the case of 24 wings. Try and beat that for a great game night meal. You won't. Boston Pizza also featuring the pizza flights right now. Um, it'll be a while before we're back in the lounge for the schooners and enjoying each other's company, but takeout delivery right now. Boston Pizza, big thanks to BP for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. All right, so coming up in a couple minutes, we're hoping to have Jeremy Roenick join us live on the program. Uh, but I will say thank you to everyone that's with us right now. Uh, I knew that this would be a hot show today. We knew there'd be a lot of people joining us live on YouTube. And we hit a new record yesterday. And not surprising, we've smashed that again today. Um, so thanks to everyone that's with us. And whether you're a Jets fan or a Habs fan, um, you know, we're obviously focusing on this series right now. Uh, but we're here live every day, Monday to Friday at 1 p.m. live on YouTube. And if you're a podcast listener, make sure to uh, pick us up at either Spotify, Apple Podcasts or at Podbean under Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, let's bring Remus back in here for a moment while we uh, await the debut of JR on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, Reem, the slow mode has been enacted for the first time, I see. Um, needless to say, we knew that the chat room would be hot. A lot of emotional opinions coming out of last night's game, and I don't know how we really could have expected anything else. When you add in playoff hockey, a scary situation like that, one that is so polarizing on both sides, uh, you have what we have today. A lot of interested hockey fans getting fired up. Everyone's hot in chat. Um, you had Habs fans in there, Leafs fans, um, 241 likes. We had over 800 people. Uh, this is pretty incredible. I did have to put on slow mode uh, because, you know, some people were coming in and spamming. I haven't actually had to ban too many people, just um, 
a couple delete a couple things here and there. So I, for the most part, it's been kind of civil. Obviously, everyone's on either uh, extreme, but I, I, it just shows you how heated, how passionate people are about this uh, about this series. So uh, pretty, uh, it's been pretty incredible to watch. I, uh, I yeah, I had absolutely no doubt that. Um, that it would be the way that it is right now. And and I get it. I mean, listen, if this was, Ken was exactly right. If the roles were reversed and it was Mark Shifley scoring that empty netter and it was Jake Evans that blew him to smithereens, um, people would be out of their minds. And, you know, like I really respected what Wheeler and some of the Jets had to say afterwards. I mean, they weren't going to get into the hit, but they weren't going to sit there and defend it either. If they just simply said what I think everyone was thinking, and you could see it in the final minute of the game, was that people were just concerned about Jake Evans and how he was after that. I mean, I don't believe that the Montreal Canadiens look at Mark Shifley and think that he's this assassin that was looking to you know, take Jake Evans out the way that he did. Um, but unfortunately, actions have consequences. And that's a big reason why George Peros is going to be on the phone today with Shifley and the Winnipeg Jets representatives talking about what sort of sanctions that he is going to get. Um, and as we talked about with Ken, the the aftermath of this is going to have huge effects on the series. Um, you know, the loss of Mark Shifley, what that does to the top line, who, as Ken mentioned, did have a very strong game last night. Um, certainly the Winnipeg Jet power play um, runs number one unit. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of time with the puck on the stick of Mark Shifley. So there's a, a huge loss for the club, assuming that he's going to be out, you know, a game or multiple games after the suspension is laid out. And the other part of it, of course, is, you know, the availability of Paul Stastny for the game tomorrow. Uh, it was a surprise to everybody when Paul Stastny was not out in the lineup for warm-up or participating in game one. And you saw what that did to the lines. I mean, Cott moves up from the Lowry line. Perot moves up to the Lowry line from the fourth line. Dominic Toninato gets back in. Uh, I think it was just, and it was an unfortunate way for the series to start. And then with all of that, and guys trying to get back on the ice and get comfortable with three new, with three new lines, um, the Montreal Canadiens just continued their momentum and played better early on and really took a stranglehold of that game that despite the Jets at times really getting back into it and creating some good scoring chances, it just wasn't enough. And then you've got Carey Price, who, of course, is you know in a, in a league of his own at times when it comes to raising his game to a playoff level. And we're seeing playoff price right now. Some big saves yesterday after the Canadians took the lead. And it's going to be a big, big challenge for the Winnipeg Jets. And the challenge is compounded by the you know, likely absence of Mark Shifley and, of course, the injury to Dylan DeMello. And, uh, Reem, I-, I don't know where you're at on this, but, you know, to me, we didn't spend a ton of time talking about the DeMello injury because of everything else going on around the club. Uh, but for all the importance of Mark Shifley up front, Dylan DeMello, especially since he's moved up with Josh Morrissey, has been a, um, you know, a, such an important player for the Winnipeg Jets. And you wonder what his absence, if he is out of the lineup for the series, uh, will do to the Jets on the blue line, who up until this point through the playoffs, I think it really exceeded most people's expectations with their play on the back end. Sorry, I'm just texting. Um, one sec. Um, hold on. Yeah, I, I think Dylan DeMello, um, you know, he played so well. He got paired up with Morrissey, and I thought they did a great job at shutting down McDavid and Dreisaitl. So him being out, he's a guy who plays a lot of minutes. He makes a lot of smart plays. Um, we will wait and see. Sorry, I'm just texting with uh, JR right now, trying to figure this out. Yeah, you got it. Let's uh, get JR on here and uh, and talk about it. So we've got, you know, a whole... Uh, look, 
you know, and I was telling people, how will we talk about the other 59 minutes of the game? Well, guess what? There's really one story around this game coming out of last night. I mean, we talked about the start. We talked about, you know, some of the things we saw from the Winnipeg Jets. But it's pretty impossible to, you know, spend much time on this game and this series as to where we're at right now without, you know, getting into the future for Shifley in this series as well as the Winnipeg Jets. Um I do think that this is a huge opportunity for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And, you know, I think people have been patient with Dubois. There's been some impatience, I guess, amongst Winnipeg Jet fans at times with Dubois, uh, who really has not found a consistent home yet in the Jets' top six. Um, And it moved to the wing, Um, you know, obviously with some success in the first round while everyone was healthy. Well, now with Shifley out, potentially Stastny out, they are going to need Pierre-Luc Dubois to come with a big-time playoff performance. And I do imagine that he'll, in all likelihood, as Ken mentioned, probably be in the middle of Blake Wheeler and Kyle Connor, uh, which will allow Nick Ehlers to play with Paul Stastny and, in all likelihood, Andrew Kopp moving up into that role. Um, but it does change a number of things. We talked about the fourth line, in particular that Lowry line. And, you know, some credit to Matthew Perot. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for Matthew Perot to show that he can do more than he has at times when he has been relegated to fourth line duty. Uh, but there is a difference when you don't have Cop out there with Lowry and Appleton. And that'll be something the Winnipeg Jets are going to have to handle as well. Um, looks like oh, we've got a, a, a Mal, what a super, Wade Wilkin. We gotta, we gotta give a big shout out to Wade Wilkin. A big super chat. Love the show, guys. Congrats on the success. Go Jets, go! And he has crossed his fingers with clemency for Shife. Wade, thanks a lot, pal. Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be any uh, any clemency for Mark Shifley. Um, as much as some Winnipeg Jet fans would like it, you know, there was, um, you know, when you have a player hit in that fashion, taken off the ice in a stretcher, you know that NHL player safety is going to be dealing with it. And, um, you know, well, actually, uh, you know, I think people are somewhat resigned to the fact that Shifley is going to be suspended. Uh, but if he is not, um, then, <laughs> then I think you'll have people even more, uh, even more going crazy. And then what that does to the game, I think he'll get two games. We'll find out a little later on. Um, while we wait to see if we can get hook up with Jeremy Roenick, I have to say a big happy birthday to the OG, the sheriff himself, Gregory Liverpool, the birthday boy today. And, uh, the OG birthday boy has a hot take. There should be a $5,000 fine on a hall, hockey broadcasters, especially in the Montreal area, are so dead wrong. Greg, we always love your takes. It was amazing, though, Reem, to see. Uh, I'm not sure if you're able to pop back in here. Um, yeah, to here. see the the reaction from some of the Montreal media. I mean, they uh, they did not hold back, and there were some bizarre takes as well. I mean, it went far beyond that was a dirty hit that should be suspended. Uh, but I guess that's just another part of going at it in the playoffs. There's a lot of emotion on the fans and even some in the media as well. Yeah, and I and Scott Billick put this out on Twitter and I thought he did a, a really nice job. He said, look, it was a dirty hit. It's a hockey It's a hockey game. Um, let's not go so far as to make accusations about a player's personal life, which we saw. And, um, you know, that tweet was deleted, you know, speculating on substance abuse issues. Like, that's not cool. And also, like, tweeting at Mark Shifley or threatening his family or wishing someone maybe wished his mom fell down the stairs. That is not cool at all. And even we got it. I got an alert on my phone last night, Huss, around midnight. Someone, so last week we did have Mark Shifley on the show, and and I posted videos of that conversation. Someone went on our Instagram 
and just commented on the video we posted, wrote like, fuck Mark Shifley. Like, and <laughs> that's the attitude people are doing. And look, we know it was a game. We obviously hope Jake Evans is okay, but taking stuff to the very, very extreme, I don't think um, that's cool. And I've seen some people in chat uh, write stuff about Shifley in here, and I, I had to take care of that. So, But yeah, I mean, the, I went on Twitter, I follow a lot of Montreal media, and they are... Uh, acting to the extreme, so... <laughs> hey, you know what? You've got a lot of extremes on both sides. Uh, there's a lot of emotion in the playoffs and um, a lot of hot takes as well. Um, the one that's really going to count is the one from George Peros. Um, let's get fired up. This is I'm really excited about this. We are going to welcome in an NHL legend into Winnipeg Sports Talk for the first time. And what a day to do it in the middle of the Stanley Cup playoffs with... Uh, a lot coming out of game one between Winnipeg and Montreal. An absolute pleasure to welcome in the man himself, Jeremy Roenick. JR, thanks so much for doing this. It's great to have you on the program. What's going on? Hold on one sec, Cus. Um, uh, first off, how are you doing these days? Uh, you enjoying the Stanley Cup playoffs? Enjoying them immensely. Uh, you know, playoff hockey is the best. I mean, I don't have to tell you guys. It's um, it's the best time of year. It's where the, the intensity uh, goes to, you know, three or four levels higher. The players do uh, do amazing things. We see amazing games, and I think this playoffs has been nothing nothing different. I've totally enjoyed watching. Uh, some things have have bothered me. Some things have gotten me all riled up. But for the most part, I uh, I, I love this. It's my uh, the one thing that I think everyone can agree with is that um, maybe the best thing about the playoffs is seeing fans back in the building. As a guy that you know brought people to their out of their seats all that time in the National Hockey League, it's been bizarre, I'm sure, for you watching the games played in empty buildings. How great has it been for you to see uh, fans of the National Hockey League and the teams in the playoffs get back out there in the seats where they belong? Um, let's get right to it. The big story here in Winnipeg and really in the hockey world is the aftermath of the end of the Jets-Canadians game one last night. Um, you know, hot takes and differing opinions on both sides of things, depending on whether you're a Jets fan or a Habs fan. What was your reaction and your take on the hit of Mark Shifley on Jake Evans last night that resulted, unfortunately, in him getting stretchered off in the final minute? Yeah, well, I think I think first of all, you got to premise uh, the, the the fact that we hope that Jake Evans is okay. I mean, you never like to see anybody get hurt. Um, it is a physical contact game. Evans has had concussion um, uh, issues before. Um, you never like to see anybody get carted off on a stretcher. It was a, a total um, unfortunate situation, but it's a hockey situation. And I also I also want to make this comment about Mark Shifley. I don't think there's um, maybe a more respectful, a more um, a hockey historian, a guy who respects the game, who plays the game the right way, who plays the game hard. Uh, he's a historian of the game. And when I say historian of the game, the fact that he plays the game the proper way and the guy doesn't swear. The guy is as good as the, the day is long. Uh, he probably won't step on an ant if it's if it's in his path. Um, and last night at the end of the game, they're down one goal with a minute left in the game. And Mark Shifley wants to win the hockey game. And I can put myself in that situation um, when Evans is going down by himself. He's going to have an empty net desperation to try to win a hockey game in the playoffs 
especially a team like Winnipeg, who has not had very much success in the playoffs over the last 10 or 15 years. This guy wants to win, and he'll do whatever he can to win. Now, the fact that Evans came around the net and was going to score a goal, he went to the net to score a goal. And if he if he doesn't think he's going to not going to get hit, then he's not being. So and getting back to what I'm saying, uh, Mark Shifley wants to win the hockey game so bad. And by the way, he had to bust his ass to get back in order to try to prevent that goal from going in. And he's got to prevent that goal from going in any, any way possible. Now, does he just take the puck? Is he going to have to be worried? He's his job is to take the body and. You know, I didn't I didn't like the obviously the way that the Evans went down. I didn't think that there's no way that Mark Shifley went there with intention to hurt Evans without question. He's there trying to prevent a goal. You, you play physical there. Someone comes around the net, you hit him. I, I think the fact that he had to get back so fast, his momentum was going because he was putting every effort that he was he could possibly do to get back to the net to prevent this goal from happening. That's what you're supposed to do when you're in the playoffs. That's what that's what desperation is to try to get back. They're only one goal down with a minute left. It's not like they didn't have plenty of time. Now, it, it turned out to be bad and I'm afraid that you know he probably will be suspended because of an injury and I don't think that players should get suspended just because there's an injury. I mean, if if the contact was right to the head, which I don't think it was. I think the head was not the principal point of contact. That's my opinion. I think that how hard he went on the ice and hit his head, I think, had a lot to do with the injury. But this is a contact game. This is the playoffs. And this is very, very difficult to to kind of to kind of teeter around. Um, I'll just tell you, I don't think he should get a suspension. I hope Evans is okay. It is a contact sport. I, I didn't think he meant anything maliciously. Did it look bad? Yeah, but it's hockey. Um, it's it's an unfortunate situation. I think that National Hockey League might suspend him, even though he doesn't have prior history of anything, just because of the extent of the aesthetics that he got taken off on a stretcher, that he was hurt, and I think the NHL is going to give him something for that. That that, that brings in a whole new aspect of conversation is should p- players be suspended uh in relation to the injury that it that it caused it's it's a tough situation no question no it is jeremy ronick with us here on winnipeg sports talk daily jr um let's assume that mark shifley gets suspended for a game two games three games he'll be out a little bit what does this do to the series both i mean obviously the loss of shifley is huge but from a Habs standpoint, um, uh, this could certainly be something that galvanizes a hockey club for an injured teammate, I'd imagine. Well, I think it, it works double uh, double whammy against Winnipeg. They lose their best player. They lose one of their biggest leaders. They lose one of their biggest energy guys. Um, and it motivates the Montreal Canadiens in terms of playing one for the guy that's hurt, um, giving them motivation to go out and, and play more physical, play harder, play harder against Winnipeg. Um this is this is not a good situation for Winnipeg whatsoever. And they saw what kind of team that they're up against in Montreal. They are a very resilient team. They are very well coached. They are well disciplined. And they have a goaltender that is standing on his head right now that looks like he can win games by himself. It's not a good situation for Winnipeg, if you ask me. Uh, what did you think of the Jets and the way they were able to dispatch the uh, favorite Oilers in four in the first round? 
Well, they should have. They should have been able to beat the Oilers, considering it's just a two-man team. Um, you take that. You take out Connor McDavid. You take out Drysaitel. You win games. You, you beat the Edmonton Oilers. There's no secret about how you beat the Edmonton Oilers because they have absolutely zero support. There's no support cast in Edmonton. Now, Nugent Hopkins was invisible. Um, Yamamoto is invisible. Uh, just you, you need you need people to support these two players. And if I was Dreisaitl and McDavid, I, I would be a, a, a just a, a screaming wreck in that locker room after every game because it, it just doesn't seem that they get any secondary help, secondary scoring help, no, n- nobody to kind of give them a break night in and night out because those two players are dangerous every single shift. And when they're off the ice, nothing happens. So, you know, Winnipeg, Winnipeg's a tough team. And I didn't, didn't surprise me at all that they, they beat the two men two-man Edmonton Oilers team. Well, and of course, the Habs with that amazing comeback against the Maple Leafs. I mean, uh, I don't know where you want to... I mean, credit to the Habs for getting it done, but my God, another choke by the Leafs. I mean, what did you make of that series? Uh, I would say, thank goodness, there's a there's there's home quarantine right now in Toronto because the streets would have been just absolutely decimated. How, how, how many years do Toronto Maple Leaf fans have to continue to put up with uh, with failure after failure, epic failures. Um, you know, I'm, I, I have my show, nofilter.net. My show hits hard, and I'm going to I'm going to hit this topic very heavily tonight on the the playoff the, the playoff runs that the Toronto Maple Leafs have had since I scored against them in 2004 to knock them out of the playoffs, and it's absolutely. Oh. Oh, my God. Jeremy Roenick with us here. JR, listen, this has been so much fun. Again, the show, folks, is JR Hits Hard. It's on the No Filter Network. And uh, if you want unfiltered JR, that is where you're going to want to get it. Um, Listen, such a pleasure having you on the program, my friend. Uh, Enjoy the playoffs, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, hopefully getting you back soon. And uh, we'll definitely look forward to uh, all the heat you'll be bringing tonight for the Leafs Nation and the rest of the stories on the playoffs. Thanks very much, JR. There he is, Jeremy Roenick. What a thrill that was to have him on the program. And, you know, listen, I'll be honest. That's pretty much what I expected to hear Uh, from a player like Roenick that played the game the way he did in the era that he did. um, You know, he's if he's Mark Shifley, he's making that hit 10 times out of 10 times. Now, things are different right now. And, you know, the uh, you know, the the, the game is changing and it has changed. and that's why Mark Shifley's getting a penalty. But when you talk to guys, I texted with a couple other former NHLers today that basically said the exact same thing. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate for the Winnipeg Jets. And or Remus, I mean, I think the most interesting thing, uh, you know, one of the many interesting things that JR had was the effect, his comments on the effect on the series and that this really is a double whammy for the Winnipeg Jets because, uh, you know, not only is it going to significantly affect the lineup, assuming that Shifley will be suspended, there's also something that this does to the team on the other side of it in the Montreal Canadiens. And it was pretty clear in the post-game comments as well as the comments today that this is the sort of thing that I believe that can really galvanize a hockey club. And uh, I think the Montreal Canadiens are going to even be a tougher out considering the way game number one ended. Yeah, I agree, Hassan. I mean, you hear a lot of the um, guys who who played, like we've seen on Twitter, Sean Avery, uh, Mike Commodore, I heard Mark Mathod in 1200, now JR saying, hey, you know what, this is straight up, this is a hockey play, um, you know, the principal co- point of contact, 
didn't look like the head. He's just te- he's just texting me a thumbs up. Um, so, but then you see a lot of other people who are, you know, I've seen Montreal media saying seven games, set him out for the series. He shouldn't play again. So, and I know Mike McIntyre tweeted this as well. You've had him on the show saying, you know, it's so polarizing what everyone thinks. But I think for the Habs, yeah, it'll definitely bring them together. Um, you know, you know, bring. You heard Joel Edmondson's comments yesterday saying they're going to take care of it. You know, he's going to make his life miserable when he's on the ice. And for the Jets, you know, maybe they'll band together and say, hey, you know what, our star players out. We need to each be on our game, be on our role um, once this thing gets going because, look, uh, we're missing our top score and everyone's going to have to just pick up that slack a little bit. And we are waiting to hear about, okay, what's going to happen with Dylan DeMello? He was on the top pair before. Paul Stasny, you know, he's been playing second line, center, wing, whatever. Um, you know, he was day to day. So that was a bit of a surprise yesterday. So uh, there are a couple things that are a factor before, you know, I don't know what the line is on game two right now, but I would assume the books aren't going to put anything up if we don't know who's going to be playing for the Winnipeg Jets. And we know the hearing uh, went on, uh, this, you know, during the show. You know, if we're lucky, Hus, maybe it'll come on even before we are off the air. Yeah, I doubt it. I think they'll probably drop that kind of after evening sports center. I'm predicting about 6.30 or 7 oh, yeah. during that, the games tonight. Is, during the games. That's oh, when it'll come out. Yes, right before but, pregame. So like on the pregame on uh, Sportsnet, they'd be like, oh, we have the breaking verdict. <laughs> it could very well be it. Hey, Nasheen Everett, thank you very much for the super chat. Great to see you here and great to see everyone in the chat keeping it clean for the most part. That was great. Um, listen, I, I do want to get to, uh, Let's first of all, let's thank Little Brown Jug for their great sponsorship and support of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. If you haven't tried the new Summer Lager or the new Hefeweizen, what are you waiting for? It's not really a see-through can. That's just the way that it looks. Um, and we've got, you know, listen, with the heat coming, this is a time where you need to be stocked up for beer. You don't want to go out. How about I'll make it easy for you? Home delivery, littlebrownjug.ca. They've just relaunched the website. It's even easier than ever to order Little Brown Jug and get it delivered right to your home. And um, obviously, my favorite is the 1919, but they do have the summer variety pack as well. So lots of things to uh, to pick up. And by the way, the black lager as well is on special for 336. You can find those at Liquor Mart, select beer stores, and through the brand new website for home delivery and pickup. Thanks again to Little Brown Jug. And of course, the Cinnaboy Downs. They went back at it at the track. We made our picks for round races six and seven. Um, Remo, did you get a win last night? Because I did. Oh, yes, I did. Get, you got a win too? Okay, wait, let's pull up our picks. Uh, I had City Champ. I had City Champ. And unfortunately... Oh, you did? Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think a lot of other people maybe were tailing me because there was obviously a lot of money on City Champ. It did not bring back mm-hmm. much. Um, but I did get the winner in race six. Unfortunately, race oh. seven did not go my way. Uh, with so the, it. Now, what about your $15 Quinella yeah, in race five? These were the picks from yesterday. We were both on uh, horse eight in race seven. That did not win. I watched, I don't think I watched that one. I watched some other ones. But uh, yes, uh, my $15 Quinella 
three and five to place one and two, uh, that did come. So uh, I think I'm doing still doing pretty well. We'll have to come up with some kind of a, a tally. And I did, you know, I took my winning test. I put a toonie on some Australian horse racing before I went to bed at 1 a.m. And I love doing that at HPI bet. That's my new favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, you can bet with us on the races all year long. And, of course, the Belmont, the third leg of the Triple Crown, is coming up on Saturday. If you want to get on that, it's all there at HPI bet. You can bet and watch the races all in one simple site. They'll be back at the post at Assiniboy Downs Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all this summer, unfortunately, right now with no fans. And, uh, of course, our friends at Aikens Lake, they're closed until June 12th, but hopefully we'll get the green light to get back open. And if you're looking for an amazing world-class fishing vacation in Manitoba, Aikens Lake is the place to do it, at AikensLake.com. Or you can hit them up online, uh, on Twitter, I should say, at Aikens Lake, and uh, Pitt will hook you up. Um, speaking of those lines, Michael Remus, let's uh, get to the cool bet lines for today in the National Hockey League. What do we have here? Um, we have the Boston Bruins and the New York Islanders playing tonight. And that is Boston minus 141 favorite. The Islanders, pretty darn good home team this year, coming off that big OT win in game number two. They're plus 25 as a home dog. And half an hour later, game three between the Hurricanes and Lightning, a desperate Canes squad going in down 2-0 into Tampa. Hurricanes plus 137, Tampa Bay minus 154. Still no lines on the Habs and Jets right now, presumably awaiting injury news as well as the status of Mark Shifley for game number two. Um, and Remo, uh, Vegas, much better game last night, but wasn't enough as uh, the Avalanche get it done in OT to take a 2 nothing lead. Yeah, here, let me uh, switch the thing. I will say this uh, about that. So, you know, they get into overtime. That penalty call right away, us. That is, uh, I saw a lot of people very upset on social media. That's a tough one to make. I mean, you see that play made all the time in hockey. Off the faceoff, you're trying to tie a sky stick up. Guy drops his stick, and uh, then you call the penalty. And uh, that was, uh, that's a tough one to handle. Look, maybe the guy should have been holding onto his stick a bit harder. Worked out for Colorado, though. Um, you know, you look at their power play at the end, just a thing of beauty, how those guys can work it around oh. and... Uh, was it Erlantinen with the winner? Erlantinen. <laughs> when, that's, that's the pr- appropriate pronunciation. Yeah, just it ask correctly. Pierre. Ask Pierre just, McGuire. We're saying it correctly. And uh, that was just a beautiful shot. And those guys are so good. They're going to be tough spot. Colorado is looking like they are going to just run over. And I think run over, you know, whoever it is, uh, Jets or Habs. And I know a lot of people after, you know, who tuned in to watch that game after the Jets had were just commenting on how much, um, you know, stronger the hockey was all around. No offense to the Jets and the Habs, but Colorado, uh, maybe one of the more elite teams from from the last couple seasons, and also you know could be a strong powerhouse looking you know going forward here. Yeah, um, just speaking of these cool bet lines for today, I will tweet them out on our Twitter platform at Sports Talk mm-hmm. WPG. We'll also have a link for you if you want to get a hundred percent bonus on your first deposit over at Cool Bet. Um, can the Canes do it tonight, do you think? Ugh, I mean... I've been riding with them for a while. I've been on them the first couple games, invested in playoff drafts for them. I mean, I, I can't... I have a hard time picturing them being down 3 nothing in this series, but, man, Tampa is just playing so well right now. They seem to be getting it all together at the most important time of the year. Yeah, they don't... Um, you know, they've run into 
a hot goalie in Vasilevsky, and he's really stopping. But we know Carolina is good, but Tampa, they have that experience, maybe a bit stronger than Carolina. I know dropping, if these were at home, I would be like, yeah, but dropping the first two on the road and then going to Amelie Arena, it's going to be tough. Um, you know, I think I, I said when, you know, when Florida lost that one on the point, you know, when they di- didn't go to overtime, I was like, okay, Tampa's taking this. I think because Tampa took the first two at home, it's only inevitable here. So maybe there's some value of plus 126. It's not like a huge number or anything. But you think they get one, it's been pretty close. Maybe uh, go. I, I I don't have confidence they can win the series. I'll say that. No, no, definitely, definitely not. And actually, let me just see if we do have series lines right now. I can um, scroll down here. What do we got? Uh, show odds, series prices. Carolina plus five thirty five, Tampa plus seven six nine. So yeah, cool bet would also agree that Tampa is pretty likely winning this series. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see how the series numbers shifted between Winnipeg and Montreal. I mean, as we talked about, you know, this was a huge win for the Habs just right off the bat to get game number one on the road. Um, But then with everything else, the injuries, the potential suspension, um, this is a huge challenge for the Winnipeg Jets and a number of players. You know, notably, I think that there'll be more sort of pressure and expectations on Dubois, assuming that Shifley is out Remus, than at any other point in his time here in Winnipeg. Um, considering they got him for the playoffs, they always said they needed to be better at center, they wanted to get deep, you give up a guy like Patrick Liney to get him. Um, this is the time that they got Pierre-Luc Dubois for, and there'll be high expectations for him, even moving into the middle in a top-line role, uh, if that does happen, if Mark Shifley is uh, unavailable. Yeah, we've been waiting for Pierre-Luc Dubois to have that breakout. And he had some overtime winners in the regular season. He did have that pass to Derek Forbort. And it seemed like every time the Jets got close, whether it's with the Lowry goal or the Forbort goal, Montreal was able to answer right back and put the game you know, further out of reach for the Jets. So yeah, Pierre-Luc Dubois, that's why they got him. We've been waiting for it. We haven't quite seen that dominant play that we saw from him last year. You know, we don't really know what his injury status is. We thought that because of this um, this layoff that he'd be able to be a bit healthier. But we just, we ha- he's not the same player. I don't know what it is. I don't think long-term, you do, here, I'll just move in here. Long-term, you do like the outlook for Dubois, but this season, uh, we haven't seen it. So uh, it's time, you know, to step up, prove him wrong. I think it was uh, Jeff Hamilton who said it a couple weeks ago about the Jets saying, hey, they got to, you know, they've talked the talk. They got to, you know, walk the walk here. And... You know, next game, maybe we'll see a different team than the one that came out flat to start yesterday. Yeah, well, they're definitely going to need to be better to begin the game. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, And, you know, as I said, Wheeler, you know, I thought it was very interesting hearing Wheeler after the game in that, you know, he was really kind of focusing on a number of the positives. And again, this was with the cloud of everything that happened in the final minute sort of hanging over every question, um, every bit, every line of, uh, of inquisition. Um, but he did say that, and that wasn't really something I thought maybe we'd hear from Wheeler because at times he, um, you know, is you know such an intense individual that you know sometimes he doesn't go there. But you know, there's obviously a picture, a bigger picture when it comes to this seven-game series, and I really think that they know how up against it they are after the way that they uh, the way they played, the result of the game. But more so, the injuries that's happened and the potential loss of Mark Shifley. Uh, the other thing we'll be looking forward to, uh, to tomorrow is how the defense pairings look. Um, they have not ruled Dylan DeMello out, but I think everything that you hear from the hockey club makes it unlikely that Dylan DeMello would play tomorrow. Um, as we talked about with Ken, I think Jerry Ben is probably the guy that comes in on Maurice's depth chart. 
Um, and I guess the big question is just how much will Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk play and how much will they play together? Um, they did play quite a bit yesterday. The Jets were chasing the game. If the games are tied or the team's up, do they go that route? That'll be something that we'll be looking forward to. But Raymond, it is pretty amazing how much things have changed over the course of 24 hours, considering we had nine days to get ready for yesterday's game. DeMello gets hurt on the first shift. We've talked about what's happened in the game. And, you know, some great performance. I thought Adam Lowry was awesome last night. The shorthanded goal that he yes. scored was great. You get a goal from Derek Forbort. And as Ken mentioned, I mean, the pass from Nikolai Ehlers holding Carey Price, setting up Kyle Connor to get the game to 4-3. There were some good things. But, um, you know, none of that really matters now as the team's down one nothing and really up against it with some unique circumstances and a potential suspension to their number one center going into game two. Yeah, I know. We can sit here and talk about how the Jets came out flat, how they didn't show the same intensity that they showed against Edmonton. But when it comes down to it, it was a one-goal game. They had a chance to tie it at the end. Uh, Jake Evans did seal it with the empty netter. But again, it was, yeah, 2 nothing, and then Lowry scored the shorthand, which I thought was a huge momentum boost. But Nick Suzuki, you know, a couple minutes later, with a gorgeous uh, move, you know, Forbork goes down, uh, he waits out Hellbuck. You don't see that that too often. Um, so uh, it was it was tough. I like the Forbork goal he's getting in there. Beautiful pass from Dubois, and then an amazing pass from Ehlers to Connor. That was a quick <laughs> one-timer. But it was just a bit too little, too late. But for a team that didn't play well, I mean, it wasn't over. I think you got to be impressed that they were able to put three past Kerry Price, even though he did make some awesome saves, including one on Mark Shifley in the first period. But uh, going forward, yeah, I mean, series kind of flipped on its head here with possibly no Mark Shifley, and DeMello seems to be out, and Stasny, his status up in the air. One thing, um, you know, if you're looking for something to, you know, to to give you hope if you're on the Winnipeg Jets side of things, I mean, the one thing I'll say is Connor Hellebuck's performance. Uh, listen, I know there were some goals that went in early. I mean, the play that was at Petrie that made to Kakiniemi on the first yes. goal. I mean, what an absolutely perfectly executed play. Uh, there was a couple of things you just simply could not blame the goaltender. Those are going to go in. But, you know, when the Jets were chasing the game, you know, they did give up some pretty quality opportunities to Montreal as they were trying to tie the game up. And Hellebuck did make some big saves, held them in, uh, despite the fact that they were unable to lose. So, you know, you get those sort of goaltending performances. You're absolutely going to need like that and maybe better to go head-to-head against Carey Price because Remus, as we've talked about, playoff Price has been engaged right now and he was brilliant in the Habs series and uh, he certainly was a big part of that win last night. Yeah, one thing I keep seeing a lot of on Twitter during this, you know, since Nick Suzuki's making such an impact, people are saying, oh, the Jets made a bad trade. Uh, you know, remember in the Spanish draft, tr- swapping first-round picks with Vegas for Nick Suzuki so they could protect Enstrom. And I said, I think people forget that the Jets went to the conference final. They had a, you know, cup-contending team. You do what you got to do at the time to, you know, win the cup. They should have been in the final. It didn't work out. Um... I'm not, you know, crying over spilled milk when it comes to the Nick Suzuki draft pick. And I, I just keep seeing that uh, <laughs> on, on Twitter. I don't know about you, Huss. I, I, gotta, I don't yeah. know if we've talked about it. I figure we got to throw it out there. No, listen, there's always some revisionist history when you, you know, you make moves for picks. And, you know, our general managers are, accept that when they do those deals that, you know, in a few years, you know, it might be something that you wish you hadn't done. Um, but I think that, 
you know, at that point, this hockey club was making a push to try to really contend for the Stanley Cup. They wanted to keep the guys they had, and they certainly weren't the only ones. And, um, you know, yeah, they ended up moving down 11 spots. They, I think, believe selected Christian Veselainen. And Nick Suzuki was a great player, a great pick for the Knights, who, of course, ended up going to Montreal as part of uh, the Pacioretty deal, I believe. Um, so we've got we've yeah. got a, a lot to wrap our heads around going into tomorrow. Um, I imagine by the time we get on the air tomorrow, I think we will for sh- I would assume that we'll have word on Shifley's availability for a coming game. To be honest, as we mentioned, I think we'll probably get it at some point this evening. Um, and then we'll find out the big questions going into tomorrow. Availability of DeMello. Is Stastny going to be back in? Where does Pierre-Luc Dubois fit in, assuming that he'll be taking the spot of Mark Shifley, potentially playing with Kyle Connor and Blake Wheeler on that top line? Yeah, and that's what we're going to be watching out for. Will Kyle Connor and... Um... Sorry, this chat's getting out of control. If you want, I can bring up Paul Maurice if you want to hear um, what he had yeah. to say earlier. We can, that, that we can do be, that. That would be great. Um, you know, just before we got on the air, the coach was speaking. We talked a little bit about it with um, with Ken Weeb. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it certainly did sound like, um, you know, the players realized the challenge ahead. Andrew Kopp, in particular, quite animated, dropping an F-bomb on the <laughs> on the Zoom call today. Um but this is a crucial, crucial game. I mean, you do not want to be down to nothing. And to get this series back on even, they're going to have to do it without some pretty key players. So you got Mo um, ready to go? Yeah, we can fire. This is from uh, from the Winnipeg Jets site, if you want to just uh, hear what's up here. The process of, of preparing your team um, for the game, uh, for game two, with the unknown of whether or not Mark Scheifele is going to be in the lineup. I mean, the team game, the, the, what needs to get done, the areas that we want to improve on aren't related to Mark, right? It was a, it was, it's what you go through after every loss in the playoffs. You want to deal with it, you want to cut it off, and you want a fresh start the next day. So we'll deal with our lineup uh, as we do with injuries uh, in any situation. But how we prep for the game in terms of what we want to do as a team wouldn't change whether Mark was in it or not. We'll go back to Sean Reynolds for a follow-up. Go ahead, Sean. Um, Paul, I would assume that part of that preparation is, you know, the old handling the highs and lows. Uh, I'm wondering if managing emotions is more difficult after a situation like Mark's hit or um, or if it's pretty much the same process. Yeah. There's always things that, that – uh... To crop up in a playoff series that you may not have expected. That's, I mean, this is the year that we're in, right? The uh, the unexpected situation. So, I don't think anything changes there, Sean. We'll go next to Ken Weeb from Sportsnet. Go ahead, Weber. Thanks for your Paul. You mentioned yesterday you may have a better update on Dylan Demello. Uh, what can you tell us? Yeah, about he's him? he's still getting looked at, uh, Ken. I don't I don't have a definitive answer for you yet. How about Stastny? Uh, say he's not getting looked at. We know what we're dealing with there. We're just hoping he feels good for the game. We'll go next to Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press. Go ahead, Jeff. Hi, Paul. You know, obviously when picks that occurred, like the one that occurred last night, you're going to get a varied amount of opinions. There are going to be people falling on different sides of the ledger depending on how you view the game or you know, even what team you cheer for. One of the questions that keeps being asked is, was the hit necessary? You know, with options and maybe going after the puck or doing that. I mean, it, if it is a clean hit or whatever, hits are allowed. Where do you fall in that category on necessary, given everything involved? You need to do everything you can to 
stop a goal from being scored. Getting part of the game. It was a heavy, heavy hit for sure, but it was clean. Um, so it's part of the game. And then I don't even like that phrase because you get, depending as you said, what, what flags on your car, you have a different opinion on, uh, on that. But, you know, their guy took a hit to make a play. Our guy made a hit. It won on the game. Move on. We'll go next to Paul Friesen from the Winnipeg Sun. Go ahead, Paul. Hey, Paul. It was an eventful night for Mark. Uh, you wouldn't have been thrilled with that roughing minor he took there in the third uh, at a bad time. Look at the, we know how these scrums are going to work. They're looking for one guy. My, yeah, my question was going to be: um, Did you think Mark lost his cool a bit in, in the third? No, I liked his game. Like he was playing hard. I think that was the line that had it going. He wasn't frustrated. I liked his game. Lots of emotion, lots of intensity. There's a scrum to the net. They decided that was the time they were going to pull one guy out. Fine. Um, no, I, I, I thought he was right on. All right, there is. There's uh, head coach Paul Maurice. Uh, a little earlier today, discussing what um, well the the plight of his hockey club. A couple updates or lack thereof, but you know questions about injuries. Dylan Demello still being looked at. Paul Stastny. They know what they're dealing with. They hope that he'll be able to go tomorrow. And of course, the elephant in the room: a potential suspension to Mark Shifley. Uh, Reem, though, I can't say that I'm surprised that the coach continues to publicly defend his player. I'm not sure what he'd be saying if um, the roles were reversed. But as he very correctly said, it depends what flag is on your car, probably how you read what happened last night. I think we've seen that on, on social media, um, you know, just the reaction on the Jets side versus the Hab side. But I think you also have uh, maybe some more, you know, younger fans versus the more old school uh, fans or as slash players as well. So I have no idea what what's going to happen. I think probably, um, I think one to three games. I think if you want to set the over under at like two and a half games, I think that's, I'd probably it's, take the, I'll take the under on that. Or, or I, set it I, at, I don't think at two? he's getting three. Yeah. Like I think two is the number and I think two is what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if he only got one and I'd also be surprised if he got three. Um, and you know, I think first time offender, if this was in the regular season, you know, you're probably talking maybe three or four games, um, because of the nature of the injury, just how violent the hit was. Uh, but again, playoffs handled differently by NHL player safety. Uh, but unreasonable to think, despite many people stumping that this was, you know, a clean hit and that's just playoff hockey. Um, highly unlikely that Mark Shifley escapes without punishment. Um, although I'm sure a lot of Jet fans would love if he got the Tom Wilson special, the 500K fine. He can certainly afford it. F- 5K. Um, and that, yeah, sorry, 5K. 5K. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, I don't know, man. It's um, uh, it, it, it was a tough, tough night for the Winnipeg Jets, but it certainly has given plenty of juicy storylines going into game number two, uh, which is going to be a huge opportunity for the Montreal Canadiens to grab a stranglehold of this series in Winnipeg without Mark Shifley in all likelihood before heading back to the um, Bell Centre for games three and four on Sunday and Monday. Um, Remo, needless to say, tomorrow's going to be a huge show. Getting ready for game number three. We had Jeremy Roenick join us today. And uh, we've got a big-time guest coming on tomorrow. I was excited to talk to JR. I absolutely cannot wait to have the O-Dog, Jeff O'Neill, join us tomorrow. 
I know he'll have some takes on this today, I'm sure, on Overdrive. And he will join us live tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily for his thoughts on the hit, the series going forward. And, of course, we'll have to ask him what the heck happened to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm sure they've spent a ton of time talking about that on Overdrive the last couple days. Oh, I thought you were going to say we have to ask him about his race with uh, Al's brother. But, yes. Well, 100% that, too. I want to hear what he has to say about uh, the Maple Leafs as a you know, former player as well uh, with Toronto. So uh, we'll, we'll see. O-Dog, very entertaining. He said anything uh, for hustlers. So I am looking forward, uh, f- forward to that one. Yeah, no, I can't wait for that. So we will have uh, Jeff O'Neill on the program tomorrow. We'll have the latest on the series between the Jets and Habs, some of the comments from players and coaches in the morning, and presumably reaction to an expected announcement from NHL player safety at some point today. Uh, Remo, for all in all, considering what happened last night, I mean, I know you had to throw a few people over the top rope, but um, we knew it would be hopping in the chat today. It certainly was. Um, but uh, can we say for the most part, people were pretty cool and uh, kept it respectful? Um, yes, uh, I agree. Uh, for the most part, I'm going to be honest, I didn't have to throw too many people out. I've had to delete a lot of comments, but uh, people have kept it pretty civil uh, since then. So I was pretty, got to be honest, I was like pretty nervous. I also said, confessed to you before the show that I was nervous I was going to get canceled for uh, having <laughs> the incorrect take according to the Twitter mob on, on the hit. But then like, then I realized, once I, that came out of my mouth, I was like, who really cares what I think? So, I don't think anyone, uh, anyone cares strange, that much. Stranger things have happened. I mean, listen, I think we are pretty much on the same page. The truth is somewhere in the middle between the yes. incredible anger of Habs fans and the indignation of some people on the Jets side of things. Uh, you know, it was unfortunate. It was a bad decision by Mark Shifley. It's going to cost him. It's going to cost his team. Uh, but again, we're just one game into this series. This is far from the last we're here of this in the short term, as well as going through the seven games and potentially even to next season. Um, so, folks, don't forget, 3 p.m., coming up at the top of the hour, Kenny and Rennie will continue the conversation. Uh, they'll be doing their show that they normally do Friday morning to today because of it being a game day tomorrow. And um, I know Kelly Rudy had some things to say on the broadcast last night about uh, the hit in the series. He'll certainly have those coming up, and uh, we'll get back after it tomorrow. Remo, what's on uh, deck for tonight uh, on this off day between games one and two? What do you mean, off day? Playoffs never ends, Huss. It's, uh, we got a couple of games tonight, as you said, Bruins, Islanders, Carolina, Tampa at 6.30 and 7. So I guess I'll have to get multiple uh, TVs going. Tyson Ducharme, what up, Tyson? I want to see a WST race. Uh, I'm still working back to uh, full function after uh, my uh, injury and time in hospital early this year. So probably not ready to go head-to-head with Remus in a race, but we will we will definitely put together some fun competitions once we get into the summer, and we don't have the hockey to obsess about all day, every day here in Winnipeg with the team in the playoffs. Oh, um, I, I see people in chat following this Canada game. They went to overtime with Russia, so uh, Canada won, which I think is a really big upset. I was considering uh, the talent wow, of Russia. That's and a talent. massive upset. They barely, they needed to wait to see what happened in the other games on the final day of regulation play to see if they even made it into the playoffs. 
Um, that is wild. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll definitely be talking. Uh, we'll definitely get to a little bit of an update on that. Uh, of course, I haven't been able to watch the game because we've been on the air for the yeah. last couple hours uh, I... doing it. But that's a big, that's a shocking upset. I would love to have seen. I wish I checked beforehand what the odds were on that. But I bet the, I bet the Canadians were like six to one underdogs to win that game. So Canada advances to the semis and Russia is out. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one four game. That is in. That's a massive upset. I didn't see what the odds were. And again, I wasn't watching the game. I kind of stopped when we first started this show. I would have my TV on, put on like baseball and and hockey when it was on, and I kind of stopped because I need to be laser focused on this. But uh, Andrew, <laughs> you have enough t- attention challenges as it is with the yeah. games being on in the room. Andrew, Andrew uh, Mangiapane with the goal, Canada defeating ROC because they're not called Russia anymore. So hey. Yeah, that's what, that's just, incredible. Uh, what, no, that's no, a big upset. Just, Canada was losing like they were getting beat by uh, teams that normally they destroy. So, oh my uh, god, well, it was well unbelievable. Done. We lost to Latvia, I think. Yeah, yeah. So that was not it. Hey, I got to shout out, shout out to Derek C, who says we'll be rocking the white tomorrow on the island. Neighbor underneath me is a Habs fan. Very interesting. Us yelling out the balcony. I go Jets go from Vancouver Island. I think Derek used to call us on, uh, I don't know, the H&L or the Ride when we did some calls, he would pop in. It's great to see all the Jets fans that are finding us now in the new home. Yeah. As I said, if you're just popping in and you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. Join us every day. Um, and while you're at it, hit us the thumbs up. Give us a like. That helps. We've definitely, Remus, by far, we've shattered our record for thumbs downs today. And I think we oh. know where those I think how many, know where how, the, how many are. I actually am dying to see. We've got 20. I'm looking at we've got 24 thumbs downs. Uh, <laughs> so like once in a while we'll have one or two. Um, but I had a feeling there was probably some Habs fans that came in and let their displeasure for oh what happened last God. night felt by giving the thumbs down to Winnipeg Sports Talk. So help us out here. We need to negate the thumbs downs, yeah. everyone. Give us the thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, follow us on our social media platforms at Sports Talk WPG, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, spread the word. And, of course, podcasts are available as well daily between 3, usually around 3.30. They'll be in your inbox. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Pods, Podbean, wherever you find podcasts. Put in Winnipeg Sports Talk. Give us a sub and join us daily. Well, Reem, we got through it. Not too many people thrown over the top rope. Some great insight from both Ken Weeb and Jeremy yeah. Roenick. And now we sit back. Uh, everyone tries to cool their jets for a day. We find out what the verdict is from NHL player safety. And then we got a hockey game to talk about, a very big hockey game to talk about, as the Jets, probably without Mark Scheifele and Dylan DeMello, try to get back into the series against the Montreal Canadiens, who have got to be feeling pretty good about themselves after winning three in a row against the Leafs to advance and then taking game one on the road the way they did last night. Oh, yeah. Montreal, they're, they're playing strong. They just carried it over. Uh, the Jets couldn't match the intensity. Uh, no excuses, though. So, the, you know, they kind of went back to the regular season Jets. That wasn't the playoff Jets uh, versus Edmonton. So we're just waiting to, waiting to see this afternoon about the Shifley hearing when we find out. They're going to time it for TV, 6 o'clock, right when they go on the air for Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, that, I think that makes sense. And then Stasny, DeMello, um, seeing, seeing a lot of... Uh, stuff in the chat here but yeah thank you everyone for popping and this has been super uh super fun and for the most part uh very very civil
Hey, you know what? Lots of uh, lots of emotion around oh, the playoffs. It wouldn't happen any other day. dislikes. People are, you, as you mentioned, our dislike <laughs> record, and people are trying to, like, bump it, uh, set it higher. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's actually not a record that we were hoping to have. But we smashed yeah. our, our, our time in the chat, and you knew there'd be some angry Habs fans coming in. Although we love having them. Um, but, yeah, it's not our fault. We didn't smoke Jake Evans. We don't need the thumbs down. Yeah. yeah uh, don't don't blame us. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's some really, really great, uh, great segment. Uh, Derek says, you guys are killing it. Love the new platform. Blaine, great show, guys. Cheers. Uh, Rachel Richards, thank you. Another great show, WST. Valerie Gay, keep slaying you, too. And uh, Brown Eyed Girl MJ, MJD did her part. I'm not sure whether that was adding a thumbs down or thumbs up. Hopefully it was thumbs up. Um, but again, folks, give us a sub. Join us tomorrow. We'll have a pack show, including Jeff O'Neill, the O-Dog, joining us to talk about this series. And we'll count down to uh, tomorrow night's game number two between the Winnipeg Jets and Montreal Canadiens. Big thanks to our sponsors, Not Autocorp, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Aikens Lake, Cool Bet Canada, Breezy Bend Country Club, Assiniboia Downs, Little brown jug. Uh, there may be a few little brown jugs going down tonight with this weather. Some patio beers, I think. And, of course, Assiniboia Downs and our newest sponsor, PolicyMe.com. Very simple. Get to PolicyMe.com. Find out whether you need life insurance and tell them you heard it via the podcast. Um, Remo, great show. Good work in the uh, in the jungle that is the Winnipeg Sports Talk chat in the middle yeah. of the playoffs. And, uh We'll see what happens. We've got a couple great NBA games tonight. Lakers face an elimination. Trailblazers face an elimination. And, of course, the two games we talked about from the East, Boston Islanders and Carolina and Tampa. No shortage of great sports to watch for us while we wait for the Jets and Habs to get back on the ice. Oh, oh yes, oh yes. So uh, lots, lots going on. Also, you know, baseball as well. I uh, showed to Kevin Boone who says listens to the podcast every day. First time catching it live. Great show. Uh, that's awesome. We do love to see that. So uh, this is a bit fun. I will definitely be needing a little brown jug after this one. <laughs> so, oh, John H. Speaking of little brown jug, little brown jug it, summer lager is awesome. Enjoying the show from the backyard. That's the way to do it, John. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we just saw. Um, who was it? Uh, John? Was it John Chan that just joined us? Uh, oh, where are the Habs chat site said uh, there's plenty. I did go on Habs tonight with Dale Weiss. Probably be doing that again yeah. later on in the series. Those guys had a lot of fun. Yeah, no shortage of Habs talk online as well. And uh, who was it that just said that they uh, were joining us for the first time? Uh, um, that yes, normally- Kevin Boone. Oh, Kevin, yeah, great to have you with us live. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, We appreciate everyone listening on the podcast, but if you can join us live on YouTube, we certainly love all that. All right, Reem, well, let's get these pods up and uh, get ready to... I'm going on with Gabe later on today. By the way, for those of you that know our good friend Sports Rage, yeah, Gabe, and Gabe from Montreal, hardcore Habs guy, he was hot last night, very much looking forward to that and seeing how it turns out. So You better tweet that out. I'll retweet it from the Winnipeg Sports Talk. I'll uh, tweet tweet out when it's going on. We're going to probably record it a little earlier because I think it'll be on later on tonight. But uh, yes, the legend Morenci going on with Gabe doing that. And then, uh, man, we got a very busy day tomorrow, uh, so we'll get to it. Thanks to everyone that joined us. Huge show today. Uh, Have a great night. Enjoy this gorgeous weather. Stay cool. We'll be back tomorrow, 1 o'clock, on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great night. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.